to protect your fard. Okay? Praying at its earliest time to protect delaying the prayer. So what happens now? Let me, let, let's just think about it. Somebody, somebody prays five times a day. They don't do any sunnahs whatsoever. They never pray before fajr. They don't pray before duhur. They don't pray after duhur, after maghrib, after isha. There's no nafila. There's no witr. There's no anything. He prays five times a day. Is that okay? Yes. It's okay. It's okay. All right. However, however, if he becomes weak in Iman, if he becomes weak in Iman, and he leaves off a salat, what is he left off? He's left off an obligation. Compare him with somebody who always prays two rakats before Fajr. Prays after Maghrib, he prays after Isha. Maybe he doesn't do anything around the he's at work. Okay. He gets weak. He leaves off. Sunnahs after Isha. Still didn't fall into anything haram. You, you understand the concept? Making sure that there's a barrier between you and the haram. Tight. Now we get to the point of this hadith, because again, like I said, we're not going to do an exhaustive explanation. Verily, in the body there is a piece of flesh. In the body, there is a piece of flesh. When it is upright, the entire body is upright. And when it is corrupt, then the entire body is corrupt. Indeed, it is the heart. Brothers and sisters, if we were to put a title of this hadith, we our book is called what? The Nature of the Heart and Its Importance. We're going to do this one together, not with your partner. We're going to do this one together. What title would you give this hadith? The Nature of the Heart and Its Importance. What title would you give so that it relates to the book under which we are studying? Avoiding doubtful matters, sincerity, huh? Sanctuary, huh? Protecting the heart. Okay, now we now we're getting hotter. Yes, huh? I I can't hear you. Raise your voice. A sound heart. How does this hadith tell you anything about a sound heart? Fencing the heart. Hmm. Okay, it's a nice one. Yeah, anybody else? Yes. Immunity for the heart. Immunity? As in like immunization? Like give it a shot? Okay. That's, that's unique. Protecting the heart from doubtful matters. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Sorry? Cautioning the heart? Okay. What did the Prophet Sallallahu say at the end? He says, in the body there's a piece of flesh. When it is upright, the entire body is upright. When it is corrupt, then the entire body is corrupt. 
What could we draw out of that as a, as a title for this hadith? Taqwa? Hold on, who said fencing the heart, you said, huh? I like fencing the heart. But here, because we're talking about the importance of the heart, then could we say that the heart is the leader? That the heart is the king? That the heart, something like that. Especially because the Prophet, did mention that every king has a saying, even though he's talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But here, if we look at it, the rest, or we can say the body follows the heart, for example. Something like that. Because what we want to talk about is the importance of the heart. Why are we studying about this heart? Because the heart controls everything else in the body. When the heart is right, the rest of the body will be right. It's going to be upright. And if it's not, then the rest of the body is not going to be upright. So this, is, this hadith is the most, it shows in terms of the hadith, which show the importance of the heart. Perhaps this is the one that is most on topic. And that is that everything else is controlled by the heart. And that's why I want my heart to be right. Because if my heart is right, my relationship with my spouse is going to be great. My relationship with my neighbors is going to be great. With my coworkers is going to be great because my heart is right. My body is going to be right. What I do is going to be right. My relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be excellent if my heart is upright. The, the Prophet ﷺ in here, in, in, in this hadith, is, is basically telling us that if the heart is sound, you're going to be okay. And so it's an encouragement for us to nurture these hearts. Yani, what are we doing today? What, what is the whole purpose of being here? It's to go through these prophetic teachings so that we can learn what we're supposed to do to get the heart right. Well, like, you can come. You can spend seven hours, and probably we spent a lot more uh, than that, learning how to pray. Right? Okay. So let's go through the motions. Where do I put my hands when I say Allahu Akbar? Where should they be leveled to? Shoulders or? Wow, subhanAllah. How should my fingers be? Should they be like this? Should they be outstretched, spread? Like, see, look, Allahu Akbar. The Prophet says, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni. Salli. Pray as you have seen me pray. And so we know, walhamdulillah. Many of us, I mean, of course, uh, for those of you who have been Muslim for any significant period of time or have studied Islam for any significant period of time, you've probably seen. Sheikh Al-Bani's Sifatul Salah, right? Which goes into detail. Jazakallah khairan. Wa rahimahullah. And then you find, for example, Sheikh Ibn Baz has a similar book. And Sheikh Uthameen has a similar book on how to pray. And we go through it and we learn those motions and that's important. However, however, what is it that pushes you to pray? Sorry? I, I, speak up. Somebody said fear, huh? Raise your hand if you said fear. Okay, I'll tell you. Fear motivates some people. Love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala motivates some people. A combination of love and fear and hope motivate believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
They pushed it. Where is that found? In the heart. Who are you praying to? You're praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What in your body knows Allah? What was created to know Allah? Your heart. Like Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala said, everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created in your body has a function. And if it loses that function, then it is either sick or, in other words, it has an illness. So the eye was created to see. If the eye does not see, then it is considered to be diseased. It has an illness. Your ear was created to hear. I mean, your eardrums. The, the point is, the heart was created to know Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if the heart does not know Allah, Azza wa Jal, then it is either diseased or it is dead. And so this hadith, the Prophet, والسلام, is showing us how much importance we need to be putting on our hearts. This is why Imam al-Shafi says that this hadith is half of the deen. This hadith is half of the deen. Some of the scholars said in explaining that uh, statement of Imam al-Shafi, that's because you, your deen is internal and external. And so this hadith is telling us about the importance of the internal. However, Ibn al-Mulaqin rahimahullah ta'ala said that no, this, this hadith in fact encompasses the entire religion. Because it talks about your external ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the halal and the haram and it talks about your internal when dealing with the heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Yani the point is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this heart to know him, that if the heart becomes blind, then we will not know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we don't take care of our hearts and they become diseased and corrupted, then the entire body will become diseased and corrupted. I'm going to move uh, quickly, inshallah. Sheikh uh, Salman, how do I go down on this? How do I get to the second hadith? Okay, okay, great. Turn to hadith uh, 2nd hadith 2nd hadith is on the authority of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mathalu al-qalbi mathal al-risha tuqallibuha al-riyahu bifalah Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the example of the heart is like that of a feather blown about by the wind in the desert. This is collected by Ibn Majah and graded authentic by many of the scholars of hadith from amongst them Sheikh Nasr al-Din al-Albani rahimahullah ta'ala. 
By the way, for the most part, if the hadith is not in Sahih Bukhari or Sahih Muslim, then I'll mention what Sheikh Albani said about the hadith, not because he's the only scholar of hadith, but because his method of systematic study of hadith is probably one of the most thorough of contemporary uh, scholars of hadith. Tayyip, you have one minute with your partner right now to come up with the title for this hadith. And don't forget the subject matter that we're under the book is the importance of the heart, the nature of the heart and its importance. I'll tell you, one minute right now. Your time has started. The nature of the heart and its importance. Make him join with you, huh? Join with them. Nobody by themselves. Okay, you got 15 seconds. Time flies when you're having fun. Okay, your minute is up. Your minute is up. Okay, anybody have a title for me? Uh, Salman, where's that mic? <laughs> and the sisters, I think the sisters have a mic too. Okay, we're going to take one from the brothers and then one from the sisters. Yeah, right, right here. Salman, Salman, right, right, right there, right there, right there. No, 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 not him. Next, over there. Fencing the heart, mashallah, khalas. <laughs> The frailty of the heart? Yes, go ahead. The frailty of the heart? The frailty of the heart. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Somebody else? Somebody? Okay, scream it out. Fragile heart? Same. same. Fragile, frailty. Sorry? The vulnerability of the heart. Whimsy. The sisters, do you have an answer? The unique nature of art. Again? Unique nature of the heart. The unique nature of the heart. Unique, unique nature of the heart, huh? Okay. In this hadith, yeah, that's good too. In this hadith, the Prophet والسلام, gives us an example of the heart. Now, if you, you all know how a feather is. Forget a feather, a piece of paper in the middle of the desert. And the reason why is بِأَرْضٍ فَلَا الْفَلَا is land that has no buildings around it. It's just open land, desert. When the wind blows, something's not fastened down. What happens? It's just going to go. It's going to go with the wind because there's nothing to stop the wind anyway. It's just open land. Our Prophet is telling us that this is the likeness of the heart. And this goes back to that second meaning we talked about when we talked about the heart. We said the first meaning in Arabic is that it's khalisu shay, right? It's the core of something 
It's, but the second meaning is that it's what? It turns. Okay. The heart turns. And this is something that I really want us to try to consider and think about. The heart turning. Why do you think, what is the difference between your heart and, for example, your eyes? I just want you to give that some thought. Your heart and your ears. Okay. If there's something in front of you that you don't want to see, what do you do? Close your eyes, and then guess what? You don't see it anymore. If there's something you don't want to hear, you can stick your fingers in your ears or earplugs or something like that, and you won't hear it anymore. Okay, but what is happening to the heart all the time? The heart is the place, that's where these ideas are coming to. Your, 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 your emotions, right? It, you're, you're getting these things are coming to your heart, and a lot of times you actually don't have the ability to stop them from entering. So then... If you don't put a stop to it, then the heart begins to what? To turn. And so this is why when we think about the heart being firm, right? We know that hadith, and inshallah, we're going to cover it in a minute. O turner of the hearts, make my heart firm. On your, you, you have to think about the heart being like that. It's constantly turning because it's subject to so many different ideas and thoughts and emotions that if you don't turn it off, not that you can turn your heart off, but what you can, because you can't control the initial thoughts that come to you. What you can control is if you allow yourself to follow that thought. We understand this concept? This is a very important, very important concept. Every action, every voluntary action starts with a what? Starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. Even before that thought becomes an intention. Because an intention is, is when you have firm resolve to act out that thought, Right? So it starts as the thought. And this is why Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, when he talks about istiqama, how to be upright, the first step to being upright is controlling your thoughts. And, and wallahi, we have to teach our children this. We have to understand this. Controlling the thoughts. You do have an ability to control where you go with that thought. You get that evil whisper from shaitan to say something negative about somebody. And then you remember the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever believes in Allah in the last day, then let him say that which is good or be quiet. So then you remember and you, and you stop. So you don't follow that thought. You get a thought about looking at something that is haram, something that you should not look at. You stop yourself immediately from continuing to think about that. We have that ability as human beings, well, alhamdulillah, Allah has given us that. And if the hearts are right, if the heart is upright, then we'll be able to control those thoughts. So this is what the Prophet ﷺ is talking about here. This is what he's giving us the likeness of 
when he talks about the heart in this hadith. Like, what, what title did we give it? The, the frailty of the heart? I like that. The, the vulnerability of the heart, I like that as well. And, and the heart is unique, as the, as the sisters mentioned. The unique nature of the heart, it's unique. It's very different from any other uh, of our faculties, if you will. Let's go to hadith 3. عن ابي هريره رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الله لا ينظر الى صوركم واموالكم ولكن ينظر الى قلوبكم واعمالكم رواه مسلم ابو هريره رضي الله عنه said that the messenger of Allah عليه الصلاه والسلام said verily Allah does not look to your figures يعني the way you look or your wealth but he looks to your heart and to your deeds. It's collected by Al-Imam Muslim. You have one minute to come up with a title for this hadith. Yellow with your partner. By the way, you're going to switch partners uh, after Jum'ah. So don't get too comfortable with the person next to you. Look for the smart people after Jum'ah, huh? All right. Bismillah. If you're sitting in the back by yourself, you need to move with a partner. I see you. Jazakallah <laughs> khairan. 20 seconds. Okay, that minute is up. That minute is up. Allah does not look to your figures or your wealth, but he looks to your heart and your deeds. Remember, the importance of the heart, the nature of the heart is the general topic we're under right now. What would you title this hadith? Huh? Somebody ran away with the mic, huh? Deen over dunya. Allahu <laughs> Akbar. <laughs> nice. Yes. Who has it? Who, who's, who's willing? Yes. Truth. Here. Truthfulness in your heart. Truthfulness in your heart. Truthfulness in your heart. Okay. The nature of the heart and its importance. Keep that in mind. Yes, here. It's the heart that counts. I like that. Sorry? The wealthy heart. Okay. No, no, that's good. That's good. Go in the back here, inshallah, and then we get one from the sisters. Yes? An upright heart. Okay. It's the heart that counts. I like that. Uh, sisters, you have... Uh... Okay. Okay. Priorita the heart is the priority. I like that. 
Okay, you said it's the heart that counts, the heart is the priority. I like those. I don't have any titles, as you can see. I'm, I'm getting, we're crowdsourcing uh, chapter titles. It's a new, new day and age. Okay, this hadith is extremely important, and I, and I really want you to think about something. And I, and I want you to be honest with yourself. How much time do you spend in a day caring for your bodies? And how much time do we spend caring for our hearts? The question is extremely important. Okay. Let, let, me, let me ask you something, especially because MashaAllah, Salman just came back. Salman, you don't mind if I put you on the spot, do you? No, really. This is important. Salman, MashaAllah, has been in the gym lately, right? No, MashaAllah. He's been spending, you know, four or five hours in the gym every week. Man, I'm, I... and, and, and if you look, subhanAllah, I can remember, and, and Sheikh Muhammad Tim will tell you the same thing. There was a time, there was a time in Medina when we had no, yani, uh, no gyms whatsoever. You, you could ride from side, one side of the city to the other, and then all of a the sudden they start popping up everywhere, subhanAllah. A gym here, a gym. People go to the gym to work on that emotional epicenter? No, seriously. Because uh, again, we're not talking about the heart as in the one that pumps the circulatory, yani, the, the part of your, your, your pump, pumping the blood. With, because people do go to the gym for that reason, and they do cardio and stuff like that, right? But they go to the gym for what? For their bodies. Do you know how much people spent in cosmetic surgery last year? Cosmetic surgery is has to do, okay, let's, so let's look. We have figures, wealth, heart, and deeds. Cosmetic surgery is related to which one? To your figures. Okay, dieting is related to which one? Figures. Going to the gym is related to which one? What you wear every day is related to which one? How much, you time, how much time you spend putting on makeup every day is related to? Which is not a bad thing, especially if she's doing it for her husband. It's a great thing, alhamdulillah. But the point is, look at the time that is spent on figures. Okay, excellent. Let's go to the next one. Wealth. How much time do you spend at work every day? To do what? To get wealth. How much time do you spend in worrying about your investments and your assets and to the end of it? All of that is wealth. Uh, only one problem. Doesn't mean anything, Yom al Qiyam. Means nothing. As in absolutely nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at that. He doesn't care how big your biceps are, your triceps, you work on this muscle. I mean, wallahi, we've gotten to the point where it's, I mean, it's actually a science. And if you lift it like this, it goes like that. And if you do like this, and then if you do it, and then take a day off so that your muscles can read. And we know all of it. Do we know this about our hearts? Are we spending the same amount of time to 
to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at. And, you know, we, we have to remind one another of these things. Right now, we're not talking about how to fix the heart. We're only talking about its importance. We'll get to how to, inshallah. But the point is we need to understand its importance first so that I even have a desire to fix it, right? If you had an old car sitting in your garage that you were never intending on driving, would you even care whether it's fixed or not? I don't even use it. It doesn't have much importance to me. But if it's the car that gets you to your job, that gets you to the masjid, that gets you to your, to your children's school, and there's something wrong with it, you want to do what? You want to get it fixed. Why? Because you realize how important it is in your life. And so right now, we need to understand the importance of the heart. It's the heart that counts. We need to prioritize our hearts once we understand that this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks. And, and the reality is, is that most of the things in our lives, the way that the trends of society have taken us far away from being concerned with the heart. I mean, in fact, in fact, if you really think about the way that we live, and I'm telling you, when, when we talked about earlier that, inshallah, this seminar is, is, should be a life changer for us. It, it really should change the way that we operate in life because we should be reprioritizing things. And when you reprioritize things, it means that you have to spend time, you have to even spend less time doing certain things and more time doing other things. Most of us, our lives are centered around, okay, alhamdulillah, we get up for fajr, and then there's work, and then there's this, and then there's that, and then we're tired at the end of the day, and we want to entertain ourselves. We want to forget the rest of the day, because it's just, oh, it's been such a long day. And, and we're not actually prioritizing these hearts. The, the other thing that I, I just want you to get out of this hadith is that if it is Allah, جل, if in fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at our hearts and looking at our deeds. And he's not concerned with our figures and our wealth. It, it should show us that we should not be fooled by the wealth that a person has. Uh, many people themselves are fooled. They allow their wealth to take them away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they think that because Allah has given them wealth, that they must be doing something right. God must love me because he's given me all of these things. But the reality is, is that it means nothing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that may be that person's trial, so don't be tested by looking at what other people have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we're going to test you with evil and with good. You're not just tested by the things that, that are displeasing to you. You're also tested by the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with. Are you going to be grateful or not? So we shouldn't be fooled. I mean, this hadith should help us put some things into perspective. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala.
Okay. We've finished with talking about the importance of the heart and the nature of the heart. You all have these in front of you, right? Okay. Importance of the heart and the nature of the heart. We're going to move on, inshallah, to book two, which is supplications related to the heart. And there may, I think there are about four here, inshallah. And I told you that after the third hadith, there's going to be a little surprise. And the surprise is that you're going to memorize these hadith, these du'as, inshallah. And you're going to do it within three minutes, bi'idhnillah. And I'm going to help you, inshallah. Play it one second. Somebody said in Arabic. Did somebody say in Arabic? Yeah, you did. Okay, in Arabic. Inshallah, you're going to memorize it in Arabic. But if you don't, in English. And I'm going to tell you why. The Prophet وسلم, said, Inna Allah, the, the, the beginning of the hadith, the Prophet والسلام, said, Udu'ullah, wa antum muqinuna bil ijabah. Call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with certainty. That certainty that being certain that He is going to answer your dua. Okay? That's part of what we call husnul dhanni billah. That you have good assumptions about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we're going to cover after Jum'ah. Call upon Allah while you have certainty that He is going to answer. Wa'alamu. And know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not answer the dua that comes from a heart that is negligent and heedless. If you are making dua with your tongue and you don't know what you're saying, is that a dua that's accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Prophet Sallallahu said, Allah does not accept the dua that comes from a heart that is negligent. What does that mean? You don't even, you're not even paying attention to what you're saying. You know how many people just make dua, just... Uh, any of you made Umrah before? Hajj, Umrah? Raise your hand if you made Hajj or Umrah. Tayyip, alhamdulillah. You ever seen those people going around the Kaaba? They have a group leader. Huh? None of them know Arabic, including the group leader. But he knows how to read Arabic. So he's saying, Allahumma. And they say, Allahumma. Igfir lana, igfir lana. Thunubana, thunubana. And they don't know what they're saying. Is that dua really? I mean, at the end of the day, is that dua from the heart? No, it's just you're saying something off your tongue. You don't even know what you're saying. I'm just saying this in response. The brother said, should we memorize in Arabic? Yes, you're going to memorize in Arabic, inshallah, because you're going to know what the meaning is in English. But the reality is, is if you don't know what you're saying, you shouldn't say it. And you should, if you're going to memorize the dua in Arabic, which you should, you should also know what it is that you're saying. So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts your dua. Because he's not going to accept the dua from a heart that is 
negligent that is heedless. You under, follow me? Okay. طيب. This hadith, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma, said that he heard Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, say, inna quluba bani adama kullaha bayna isba'ina min asabi al-Rahman kaqalbin wahidin yusarrifuhu haythu yasha'a. The hearts of the children of Adam, all of them, are between two fingers of the merciful one, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As one heart, he directs them 